Welcome to Ciao Bella, hosted by me, Erica Firpo, travel journalist based in Rome. Each episode of Ciao Bella, I sit down with Italy's creators, contemporary artists and artisans, designers, culinary experts, heritage brands, and innovative estites, and more who are defining and redefining 21st century Italy. Pull up a chair and join in. Hey, welcome back to Ciao Bella. Today I'm here with Mistura Allison, a curator, writer, and art historian living in London, born and raised in Mantua, and is Yoruba Nigerian. She's the founder and editor-in-chief of Ashiko, and we're here to talk about art and the African diaspora in Italy and the world. And with us is also Ifoma Neka, Emilu Romonier. She's a medical doctor, and I know you're going to ask me why, but hold on a second. She's a medical doctor specializing in public health and hygiene in Turin, Italy. She was born in Rome, so she's Romana, raised in Le Marche, and is Igbo Nigerian. And she also just happens to have an incredible passion for art and fashion. And together, we're here to talk about Ashiko. Welcome, ladies. Hi, hey. ciao bella. Ciao bella. <laughs> ciao bella. I'm so happy. You know, I, I, I really, when my friend Arlene forwarded me information about your project, about Ashiko, I was like, this is so interesting. And it's I, the reason I, I, I mentioned the, the fashion was because Arlene came across, I think she met Ifoma at an art opening. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, uh, an art in Milan, right? Yeah. And she told me, she was like, I met this woman with incredible fashion. And she's like, you should see this project that she's working on. And, and then as I was talking to you, I was like, she's a doctor. And I was like, wait a minute. And then, so, so I'm going to add that you're, you're artsy and brainy and I love it. So both of you are artsy and brainy and I'm, I'm really happy to have you on here. Let's talk about what is Ashiko. Hi, yeah. thank you so much, Erika, for having me and Ifoma. We're truly grateful for you for making space. Um, Ashiko is an independent, visually driven and dynamic platform that, as you, I guess, introduced, is inspired by Africa and its diaspora. Um, I like to describe it as a platform for visual culture in, off and from the margins. and. I guess what we're trying to create um, is, um, you know, this issue of, of voice and visibility, and we're just trying to constantly and consistently create art. <laughs> um, so I guess we're contemporaries in that sense. Well, why don't you tell me a little bit, Mr. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how you, because you're the you're the creator, you're the founder of Ashiko, and I know you founded it in mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell me how you got to Ashiko? Because you told me a great story about you and your father and a class trip, I believe. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're going all the way back to Prima Media. Um, and um, my father is a huge source of inspiration for me. He's always been, as any father, very nosy in my business, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was, um, how do you say it in English? You know, when, uh, parents are like representanti, like, you know, yeah, like, um, uh, that's cause I am one and, um, <laughs> the parent representative, which is like the PTA exactly. <laughs> Yes. And exactly. Un- so my, sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say it. Sometimes it's a not fun job, but yes. 
Exactly. But, well, he took, he took his role very seriously because I don't know if it's still the same, but they actually voted in. And for my very first um, year in middle school, he decided he wanted to be that. So in any case, um, we um, I, it was one evening I was, um, I guess, um, practicing and studying for my art history um, verifica. <laughs> And he heard me repeat that um, um, these African sculptures were inspired by Picasso's uh, paintings. And he was like, what? <laughs> um, I don't think that's quite right. Actually, it's the other way around. Picasso was inspired by um, African sculptures um, during, I guess, the middle phase of his career. And I was like, well, this is what's written here and this is what I need to pass. I've always been a very perfectionist when it comes to actually getting my optimals and tens. So I was like, well, this is what the teacher said. So this is what I'm going to repeat. And it was like, okay, cool. Wait for me. <laughs> and you were such an Italian middle schooler. because my, <laughs> my, my daughter says that to me when I'm like, well, actually, and she's like, this is what it says. Well, <laughs> you have to because they're going to mark you down. And I don't want to get buono because my dad told me what's not written in the book. And um, being the fierce Yoruba man that he is, he noticed that so, um, I was born and raised in, in a little village in Mantua. In the, <laughs> but in Mantua, there is the Festival Literatura. And that year, it was focused on African literature. And amazingly, there was a panel of African artists and practitioners um, at the time. I think, I believe um, the most impressive one for me was Billy Bijoka um, as an artist that year. So it was like, well, in my role as a parent representative, I can sort of direct the trips that are going to be taken. <laughs> so he made sure that the trip that we were going to take was not skiing in Austria, but in Mantua, <laughs> going to the Festival Literatura um, for, for, that, for that, I guess, I think it was three days. And it was incredible because for me, it was, um, I guess, my first encounter to contemporary African art. And I will never forget it. Um, I still got my Optimo, by the way, let the record show. I still, <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still passed that verifica, <laughs> that interrogazione. Um, but I guess that was my first real encounter to contemporary African art. And then it was revisited at university as well. And you studied art history in, in London, not in London, in Reading? In, in Reading, yeah, yeah, yeah. I studied art history and architecture. And I guess, <laughs> I guess the universe really wants me to do what I'm currently doing because um, the very first assignment um, that we did, so like the module was on, I guess, learning how to read paintings and sculptures. Uh, I don't remember, what was it called? Um, I don't remember what the module was called, actually, but the exercise was um, on um, visual readings, right? So um, I remember the professor, Barbara, she, she's awesome. She made us um, pick two pieces of paper um, with, they were either artists or an actual painting or sculpture, work of art. And you just had to pick randomly, okay? This is very important. Randomly pick, almost blindfolded, but we went really. And just do compare and contrast the works, right? 
And then, of course, <laughs> I had to pick um, the... Um, <laughs> I had to pick this sculpture from Benin and that's currently displayed at the British Museum and our good friend Picasso <laughs> and I just had to write a 1,500 word essay and compare and contrast these two works of art and <laughs> continuation, serendipity and I guess, I don't know, um, signs <laughs> if, if you believe in that. And um, again, I also passed that. I'm not competitive or anything, but I really did well in that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think that's when the, during for that assignment, I can 100% credit as uh, the start of my disruptive nature and wanting to challenge the canon because that was the whole point of the exercise in in many case you know really challenging art historical canons and I'm deeply grateful that I had teachers and professors that were not traditional in that sense that really fostered um I guess disruptive budding art historians so <laughs> that that was cool no I think that's great I studied art history as well and um I had I had some incredible, incredible, radical professors. And then I also had some that were very, there, there is a certain way of studying and a certain way of history, you know? And so I, I, so you, you're definitely, that that's great that you had that. Now you also, you're a curator as well, correct? I am indeed. <laughs> and how did that, and is that, so tell me a little bit about how all of this fused into Ashiko. I guess. I've always, um, even from childhood, I've always been one that really champions people. Uh, I have, <laughs> I'm, I'm an interesting personality-wise. I'm very interested in the sense that I really hate being on the spotlight, but I also, but I, and, and I love, love, love putting, giving people a platform. And, um, but in, in, in the same breath, I'm very almost, I, I have an active imagination and I like creating worlds and I fell into curating I guess in art school and a university um, you know they will force you to do crits and and you know we would have a little group shows that we took very seriously uh, not <laughs> and uh, somehow it always fell on me you know oh Miss Dora you curate this um, because I'm so busy um, doing my art then shout out to my friends <laughs> um you know and i i like organizing i like creating narrative i i think telling stories is so beautiful and doing that through art there is so much power in creative creating a narrative in that sense and creating a narrative for giving the viewer carte blanche that you know you can read whatever you want but this is the context and then however it impacts you then that's that's on you, you know, and I like the fact that we, we, we're creating as, as creators, we're creating worlds and we're creating stories. And, uh, I'm also a wannabe archivist and I believe in the power of archiving. And I take that very, very seriously. And as a, as black, when it comes to black visual culture, I think it's so important for it to be archived and, I guess ownership as well and I find all of those um, 
all of those qualities of finding curating because essentially you're not really it's not about you it's about the artist it's about the story but you're the one you know writing writing mm -hmm. the context and uh, and it's about relationships as well uh, I've, I've been being very very privileged to have actually an actual relationship with um, all these artists that I, I work with and there are so many different walks you know you could be in the same environment but have completely different experiences and I find true beauty in that as well. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Is it is a control freak? Is it is I don't know what it is, <laughs> but somehow, I guess, in Ashiko, what, what it's just this one thing and this true disruptive nature that I carry within myself of just creating creating a world. I've always said it as a joke. <laughs> that as a child of the diaspora, you know, where you're too something to be this thing and to this thing to be something, that we should just find an uncolonized nation and land and just colonize that <laughs> and just be, so, you know. But then the logistically, that's impossible. So I guess I wanted to create this world where we can just be and where we can code switch one minute, you know, I'm just a Yoruba babe and one minute I'm Italian and one minute I'm very, very Mandovana, you know, and <laughs> a world where I can be all of my layers. And uh, so many, regardless of where they're from, the diaspora recognizes that and I, and, and I found that. And I recognized that there was a need for us to have a space where we can just be, really. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to to see Ashiko, and I know that I know that Ashiko has existed, but I know that in October, October first, something new is happening. So, what do you want to tell? Can, can I? Did I just? Did I just uh, lose a jump the room there? <laughs> you sure did. I I am so excited. Ashiko is launching October first. I want to say that again. Ashiko is launching October first, twenty twenty one, and. We're launching with an amazing fundraising print sale that is guest curated by Ifama, Ifama Neka, my girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yes, I, I, we're launching with the print sale. We're launching with, um, it's also a streaming channel. We're, we're launching with films that I've never seen, seen before. And we're launching with so much. <laughs> it's a world. And, um, I guess I'm going to give um, the mic, I'm going to pass the mic to Ifama to talk about another land. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I had to thank uh, Ms. Wura for allowing me to, um, let me say, uh, use uh, and share Ashiko platform for... Um, uh, one of the my aim with the Ashiko and with my let me say work in the hearts word of um, um, starts let me say start because I don't know if it's going to continue I hope it's going to continue like a community of collectors uh, especially black collectors in in Italy but hopefully in all Europe and um, even because uh, another my will with Ashiko is to try to um, embrace and welcome more and more people in the heart world and uh, uh, even though if you're not um, let me say rich person 
but because I believe art is for everyone. And uh, and so my idea was to um, create, uh, like organize this print sale um, with artists that I found mostly on Instagram that maybe I've been followed and I've been reached out. Um, there are three artists from Italy, Germany, and uh, Togo. And um, another one is the theme of this principle. I don't want to say I don't want to say too much, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's say that the the topics that uh, I I give to give to the artists to reflect uh, on the for the artwork and for another land is uh, identity, community, and the diaspora. And um, and uh, if they could be in a place or where they can express all themselves, how this place could be. So like you're talking. So so you follow you you discover these artists on Instagram. You selected them. You selected them from prior works, but you asked them create, yeah. to create original pieces for the print sale. Yes. Yes. Oh, exactly wow. like that. <laughs> exactly and, like that. And and will and will the print sale will it be an auction style or a, like a set fee a set price? It's a set price, and yeah. we are fundraising for hopefully a residency program for these artists and more. And um, essentially, we're trying to build this economy where. <laughs> trying to disrupt this idea of the struggling artist really like exactly. you don't have to struggle to be an artist okay <laughs> that is uh, um i feel everyone if, when you're being you're, when you're creating you should be paid for it exposure doesn't pay the bills okay so we commission this i guess we can announce the artists no you we keep yeah, calling them as artists but yeah, they got, they got names <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we're, we're very proud to present Delali Ayifi, Malaika Nabila, and Emmanuel Yoro, yeah. ah! <laughs> <laughs> our amazing um, inaugural artist, Washiko. So they, they, they've been working really hard on reflecting on the themes that Ifoma has set. Uh, they're creating new pieces. And when it comes to identity, it's also an emo emotional a very emotional um, exercise, um, especially when it comes to the diaspora, because there is um, this common thread and common theme of displacement and not really knowing where you fit. But what we found out with another land is actually <laughs> we were not interested in one tiny brown box. A, we're too fancy for that. <laughs> and B, why does it have to be a box? You know, we're not interested in that. And what we're interested in through another land is actually the power of self-definition. And that's what these amazing artists have been doing. It's just self-defining what another land means to them and what, who, and where it means. You know, it's whatever that it's an exercise of imagination of thinking beyond what you know i have to say i really when you when you told me another land i really love the name i i think it, i and also and then and then actually just as Mr. order when you were talking about you know um when you briefly just said you know taking over an uninhabited country that's another land then you know it's kind of exactly. this, virtu <laughs> this virtual uninhabited country and that you're and and the, these are the narratives that are going to start populating it, and I guess that's what a she—that's what a shiko is. I was going to yep. say another yep. land for me is a shiko. Um, 
Ashiko is this other land that I've always envisioned um, as a teenager as well. I'm, I'm a Pisces, so I tend to wonder <laughs> in my in, in, in my flow of thoughts. And I guess in that wondering, in the imagination, I've been able to create something concrete. So another land for me, Mr. Allison, is Ashiko. Tell me, uh, I, have, I have two questions. The first question is just the logistical question. How do we find Ashiko? You can find Ashiko on www.ashiko.net. And that is A-S-H-I-K-O.net. Now the other question, and I'm going to ask both of you to think about this. Um, you described yourself, Ms. Duda, as, as a, maybe a little bit of a control freak. Very passionate. I would say super curious and, and very passionate. And you said you, you love archiving and things like that. And um, so, and don't answer this right away, but, and then you are, it, who's worked in curation, who loves curation and you have given, you've, you have given a film of the role of guest curator. And I'm just kind of shocked because, <laughs> because I, I, I am pretty similar to you and I would find that very hard handing over that, that freedom. Um, Second, so, so then my question for you, Ms. Ifoma, is this, is you mentioned something that I really like because my, my sister is a doctor and we both went to the same university and we were two years apart and I was studying art history and she was finishing up her, so I, I was in my second, first year of art history or second year and she was in her last year of pre-med before medicine and she decided to take an art history class with me because she felt like she'd never have that opportunity because her world was going to be just so focused on medicine and and she really felt, you know, like she felt like, you know, it's really hard to to have to, to to be able to to follow that passion and see all that when she had to study biology and all of this stuff. And you know, and I felt I totally got what she was saying. She was very focused on getting her medical degree. And I think, but I think a lot of people often feel like, you know, I'm I'm this, so I can't do this. I can't, you know, I can't understand, or the, or they feel like, well, I'm I'm so mathematical that I can't understand art. Or, you know, um, like my husband, another case in point, he's an archaeologist who's like, ah, contemporary art does not make sense to me. And I'm like, it does, it, it's not about making sense. But my, my question for you is, so now you're given, like, when we, when we spoke, just the two of us, and you, we're so passionate about collecting, and it made me want to go to art, I'd love to go, actually, it'd be really fun for me to go to art gallery together, and just for me to see what you're looking at, and how you look at things. But how do you feel about guest curating because that's a whole other world yes totally um so this is now open to both of you to, yeah. <laughs> to answer my question um uh yeah totally i totally understand your sister because i even myself i started to go through this world after at the end of my specialization. So it took me like six years and then three years before I allowed myself to be interested in something else. So I, I totally understand this sister because medicine takes a lot of energy mentally and physically. But another thing that I even want to do uh, through my, to, through everything I do is like even trying to uh, dismantle this, of the stereotypes of the medicine and medical doctor that can be only good at one thing and only be interested in one thing. And Miss um, Tura is one of my big supporters in that because she has seen 
I think the magic that I've not seen in myself for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so she pushed me a lot out from a comfort zone that was definitely medicine. And, um, and so I have to thank her about that and, uh, and to make me realize I can do uh, quite a decent job even <laughs> apart from medicine and um, and she's still don't worry she's still like a very uh, controlling free controlling even in the, in I kind of figured I, fig- I figured I figured she would be so <laughs> definitely uh, but, but yeah it's uh, I mean I think it's even because we share a lot of um, aims and the purposes for G- Ashiko and art in general that makes really work this thing to be to give me the 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 job to curating this because she knew that at the same time at the end of the day I'm still following her hectic in what she does. Me and Mr. Cheryl share we have most of the same purposes and aims for Ashiko and for the art in general. That uh, it was easy for her even to allow me to be the guest curator and. Uh, and because um, ethically and morally, we actually work in the same way. So um, I think that was the, the, <laughs> the good things about uh, collaborating. Oh, that's so nice. I mean, you didn't call me a control freak. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> but you managed to run it up on a nice um, note. So that's cute. Um, I think collaboration for me is so important. Um, also because I always wanted to be, I mean, <laughs> okay, cute story. I've always, my brother and I growing up will pretend to be in a village. And I, will, I was always the villager of said imaginative village, right? But then, <laughs> although I like the title, I didn't actually take it seriously in that sense. So I've always, I've always been a good sharer and um, I, for me, the passion is more about making sure that our stories are being told. And I'm very passionate about that. Almost irremovable, you know. As, <laughs> um, I think it's very important for our stories to be told because for the longest in the canon, they, they were told through a different gaze. And I'm, it's important for me that our gaze is uh, being added to the story. And... Uh, it's not the Missouri show and it's not just my voice and I'm not interested in only hearing my voice. It's uh, almost schizophrenic. <laughs> um, so in that sense, it was easy for me to share the platform. And uh, that's the vision I have also for Ashiko to just have lots of co-chief villagers um, and create this beautiful village together, you know. Um, she's been amazing, and I really want to change this narrative that art is only for a certain type of people. Art is for everyone. Have you ever seen a cell in a microscope? It's, it's beautiful, <laughs> you know, and that is art. Um, art is reflecting of the society that we're in right now. Historians mm-hmm. are artists as well you know, and storytellers and medical doctors. And when, whenever you're creating something, you are an artist by the very definition. My, um, my sister is a, is a gynecological surgeon. And mm-hmm. um, I, I remember one time she had an image that she had at home. And I, I don't know why I looked at it, 
which mm-hmm. I, I didn't look at the name, so I don't know whose it was, but it was you know, a, sur- a surgery image. And I said to her, I was like, it, it was, you know, the, the quality of the print that it was on, because it was on that almost, it almost looked like a C print, right. like the photography paper, uh, or, or like, it's like what C print is like, um, it's like film. And mm-hmm. it was so beautiful. I was like, I really would like to have this framed. And she was like, that is a tumor. Wow. And I was like, but it is like the detail. Like just like, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, but I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I was going to ask you guys if you remember the first piece of art that just made you really like smile and want to smell it and stand in front of it and just love it. Mm, wow, Erica, I've never been asked before before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> the very oh. first piece of art. Or or if there, it doesn't have to be the very first one. Is there one piece that kind of keeps you, that, that you know, like, I mean, I think m- most, the reason I love art is because it has this ability to make me want to just like ingest it, smell mm-hmm. it all, and then just stand there in front of it. And then I just smile the whole time. And I, there are a few pieces in my life that I'll keep going back to over and over mm-hmm. again. And I'm wondering if there's any like that for either of you. Actually, I have mine and <laughs> it didn't actually take me that long because immediately when you asked, I would just thought about it. And it's actually a passport picture of my maternal grandmother that was, um, I think... I must have been three or five, I don't know, very young. Um, my uncle decided to blow that picture up into an actual, I want to say, A3 photograph. Um, so imagine a little passport picture. And she looks like a model, okay? <laughs> and she's so beautiful and nothing and no one makes me smile more than my grandma. Um literally skip my mom she's cool love you mom <laughs> but my my grandma is just so so she she's art for me she's my point of reference for most things that I do and um this picture black and white and I remember I'm mentioning this photograph because I am still fighting for it I want my <laughs> I want to inherit it so bad but um thanks to technology I can actually just replicate um, the photograph but I, I, if I'm being totally transparent and honest, I think that's, that's the one for me. Oh, I would love to see that. Um, oh, okay. I'll show you. <laughs> um, well, uh, for me, I think, um, I don't, I don't know where is it. I know it has to be somewhere in my, <laughs> maybe my garage or something. Um, there have, I, when I was more, I remember we used to have at home a very huge, um, how you say ventaglio in, Ita- in English? Ventaglio. Yeah. Um, like a, uh, a fan? A fan? Yeah, a fan. Yeah. A huge fan. Uh, I, I think he has uh, some, um, I don't know, I don't remember. It, I, it was a huge fan, like, was attached on the wall of our, um, our house. Um, and uh, I used, I, when I, when I, get, when I, I went, uh, to my when I went to stay to live by myself, I always wanted to have some hearts in my house and everything. And I the first thing that I remember was that huge farm, but I couldn't find it. Um, and uh, I think it was my mother. My mother maybe took it from Nigeria or something like that, and uh, and she put it in our home. And I I don't know where is it, but I still remember that I loved it. And I wanted to my in my home, and this is where even I started to thinking about heart, and I want heart pieces in my in my home. 
and uh, and that is wow. where um, the second person, the second place that I thought I want uh, heart from was my my friend's flatmate. He's an artist. Uh, he paints, but he visits a sculpture. And every time I go to the house, he's full of his artworks. And uh, I always and I told him like when I when I'm going to live by myself, I want to oh, I want one of your piece. And it's actually what is my first um, piece that I bought from <laughs> in general in all my life. So, so it was Alessia Barchetta, Alessia Barchetta. Alessia Barchetta. Is it, um, is it a painting? Yeah. Alessia Barchetta. All right, I'm going yeah. to have to look that yeah. up. I'm going to I'm gonna have to see your collection. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's from Sicily, um, Asmotania, Messina, and... Uh, uh, he lives. Uh, he lives um, uh, amongst Milan and Sicily because he has a, a studio in Sicily. And uh, but he he, um, he studied in uh, in Brera and everything. And uh, he has uh, his boyfriend is in Milan, so that's why he moves from um, between uh, the two regions. Um, but um, he, I I love his works, and uh, and I bought one of his first work when he used to play a lot with them. Um, uh, like uh, soils and water and materials and uh, oh. uh, yeah and uh, in fact his, his paints uh, his paint wasn't like that before it was it transformed during the years um, because of natural uh, reactions like with hair and stuff so um, I really loved it. I really loved his works and his paintings uh, mainly and uh, so that is uh, my first piece, and uh, that's I'm very attached to it. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm I'm just looking at his work on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd, wanna, I'd love to see I'd love to see what you I'd love to see his piece that you have. I'd like to I'd like to see your yeah. whole collection. How, by the way, how did the two of you guys meet? <laughs> because, I'm, because, because, because by the by the way, everybody should know Mantova uh, is is in Lombardia, mm-hmm. and. It's it's really charming, cute little town. Um, you're from Le Marche. What town are you from yeah. in Le Marche? What? Uh, oh, it's a very small town. It's called Monte Marciano. It's in on the Adriatic coast, and it's actually up from Ancona and Senigallia. Is okay. Mid- in the middle. Okay, so basically. For everybody who doesn't know Italy, it's they're not near each other. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, to me, from Rome, you guys are like next door neighbors. But in the reality, there are two different regions. One's on the coast. One's very inland. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met in Milan. Friends. Yeah, in Milan. Milan is the city, is the center. We <laughs> met. Friends. Yes. At Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's um, talk at yeah. uh, what's it called, Book City? Yeah, was Triennale. Was that Triennale? Triennale. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was ages ago. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's yeah. We met through um, the this amazing event. Actually, um, I guess it was a, a author talk. Um, Chimamanda, I think she was being presented with a prize, and there was an in conversation. And that night for me was special because um, I guess it was my introduction can I call it that mm-hmm. to more Afro-Italian um, <laughs> young creatives as well because we had a really great sushi afterwards and amazing conversations and just another moment of um, actualization realizing that actually I'm not the only one <laughs> um, and also it was important for me because obviously born and raised in Mantova in a little village of uh, 
2,000, if, if any. I think they're, they're more than 2,000 now um, in Medole. Um, and then moved to London in 2009. So I've been in the UK for a very long time and just, you know, sort of feeling like an outsider within my community and feeling, oh, can I even really claim Afro-Italian when I've been away for so long? But of course I can, you know, and then just recognizing that although we're all in the same sort of, we grew up in the same environments, but we all had very, very different experiences. And um, it was a very special moment for me. So, yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Afro Italiani because mm. I think, um, especially over the past few years, we've seen in in Italy um, there's been a lot more a lot more conversation. Um, there's uh, there's been I you know I, for for all the good and all the bad of Italy um, and all the good again. I think the the downside is that it's tied to this concept of a homogeneous identity, you know, mm. and it's, and it's not, it's, it's, I mean, historically it never was, but uh, if you consider antiquity, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there for now, <laughs> but, but it's not. Uh, but I think, you know, what we're seeing now is um, we're seeing so many more conversations, so much more, like more, more importantly, not conversations, but a vision, like a, a community that is out there and, and sharing. And um, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, one one phrase that I always like, um, I'm, I'm not saying rejected, but I would totally disagree. It's like, oh, you know, there are no colors in human beings. There's no colors here. And I would say like, no, actually there are. <laughs> and and um, we finally um, having uh, these conversations um, because, um, I mean, there always have been conversations, but mm-hmm. um, what I uh, finally, I think we, um, Black uh, Italians, Asian Italians, Muslim Italians, like every type of ethnicity, cultures, we finally are in positions where we are starting to get seriously listened because I believe like how my parents, my relatives or friends of my parents have been talking they had this this even evidence and testimonies but maybe we weren't a lot in a positions a position like as medical doctor politics um in a social and cultural like we we finally get people to listen to us and we can finally have some actions i'm saying starting because changes take times so uh, it, don't, it won't happen immediately, but I, as you said, um, I'm happy to, to finally have these conversations with, uh, with everybody. And starting from us, because something that we always say that we finally, we, we started to have the awareness that we are a community, even though like we are Italians, definitely, but to um, realize that we Black Italians is something that came later uh, a bit for some of us, for me, for example, and uh, and they definitely changed the the, the narrative of the um, culture. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about, I guess it's important for us to keep talking and keep um, creating because 
we're visual human beings, right? Um, if we conjure images in our head. And when you think about an Italian person, you don't automatically think about us, right? And there is one singular stereotype of uh, an Italian person that just consumes spaghetti, you know, especially if you're in the broad side past the spaghetti. You're like, oh, we're more than that, but okay, <laughs> you know. Um, we we we're trying to add a voice and a layer, I think, to what it means to be Italian. And it's not the status quo of or it's not what's traditionally always been conjured. And um, it, it will take time because um, it would definitely take time, as the former said. But I guess the ultimate goal is that when you're thinking about Italianness or Italian, what it means to be Italian, you're not, you don't only have one reference. Um, you have multiple layers and multiple realities of what it means to be Italian. And um, it's beautiful because uh, I think, as if I'm briefly mentioned, I, for instance, growing up, I didn't have the language to define myself as Afro-Italian. I just called myself Italian full stop because that's what I knew, you know, because I didn't feel quite just Nigerian. And because I was only in that Italian, I guess, environment, I thought, well, that's all I know. So that's, I guess, that's what I am, you know. Um, and then actually encountering and the different, I guess, walks of life, I was like, oh, wait, I'm not just Italian, I'm also Nigerian. So how do I define that? How, where do I go from here? And, you know, even the label Afro-Italian is one that is contested because, you know, you're pitting a whole continent with a country <laughs> in, in that label. So some, some might prefer Nigerian-Italian, for instance. And I love that. I love the fact that we have an option to self-define. So right now I will describe myself as Afro-Italian, but who knows in five years, I'll probably have another different label, you know, and being given the opportunity and the power to self-define is one that it, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't go, it sh yeah, it shouldn't be overlooked at all because it really informs who you are and uh, the confidence you have in walking in this, in this world, you know, because you, you, you walk in environments knowing exactly who you are and not questioning it and not putting yourself in one definition because I, I am not just Italian, I'm not just Nigerian, <laughs> I'm, I'm me, so yeah. <laughs> tell me, um, tell me what we can expect on October 1st, because we're going to enter another land. We're going to enter, <laughs> we're, we're entering, wow. so, so tell me what we can expect on October 1st and what we, what you want us to expect of Ashiko for the future, for the, the, the future present. Wow. So October 1st, you can expect to support amazing art from um, free, hardworking, emerging artists and uh, support their practice as well by buying the prints. And we are also launching with a merch merchandise um, and we collaborated with Revite is Wild, which is this uh, DC-based um, 
um, clothing, clothing line. And also, oh, what, what, can you repeat that? What's it called? Yes. Um, River is Wild. We're collaborating okay. with some merchandise. Yeah, <laughs> they're amazing. And um, they are also sort of, I guess, also redefining what it means um, to be a Black creative. And they have their own Nigerian-American identity that they sort of translate through their clothes. Mm -hmm. And we, we've done this amazing collaboration. Um, looking back at Festback 77, which um, I guess is actually what I envision um, Ashiko to this this season of Ashiko to be um, um, a meeting spot for different types of blackness and the diaspora and other to just be and and manifest. So we got the printer, we got the merch, and then we've got. <laughs> we got film, art films as well. They're going to be on the streaming channel. What's the streaming the channel? Where, where can we find the streaming channel? On the site? It's, it's still on a sheet. Yeah, it's still on the site. Um, okay. And we commissioned Kenne Mwantu, who is an amazing Nigerian artist. And um, he created um, a short film that's going to be there. And the artists in another land as well created short films that are going to featured on the platform so yeah it's a whole lot of things happening and we got a sonic power hour as well which is conversations with archival conversations with artists because we believe in giving flowers now and not when we're dead <laughs> nice yeah and how and you can see you are expecting a lot <laughs> yeah there's a lot but, but from both of you i mean I, the more that I get to know you, um, that's basically what I expect from you guys. <laughs> you guys are both so, I mean, it's like every every time we've spoken, I'm, I, 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 as I tell you, I, I keep smiling every time I speak with both of you because I'm just like, oh. the, the energy that you both have is incredible. <laughs> and then I'm just kind of laughing because I'm like, oh my God, these women are, they, they're, they will never get tired. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope not. I hope not. And when I do get tired, I hope it's on a on an island, uh, um, and then just chilling by the sea. Um, that's the ultimate dream, actually. I just want to be surrounded by water. Uh. <laughs> um, but Erica, honestly, I just want to give space for a second, and really thank you for sharing your platform. And honestly, you you keep talking about our energy, but you have an amazing energy and. Hello. Uh, we're we're tr truly grateful honestly we yeah we're definitely in alignment and I appreciate that and I just want to want to give space to recognize that well I'm, and say thank you, really. I would, if, if you could see me since we turned off our cameras but I, I'm blushing so <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to demurely say thank you and that's really really nice I would love so what I'd love to do is have you come back in like six months um, and have another conversation okay. because by that point we'll talk about the conquering of the world by Ashiko. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, but, but I'm, so I'm really like, so let's wait. I just, I just want to let everybody know it's ashiko.net, A-S-H-I-K-O.net. And on October 1st is when you launch it and we can, how long will we be able to participate in the sale? So until you'll be able to participate from October until December, 2021. So three months. Oh, so that's perfect for people that want to dabble. You can just, you can look at the art for a few weeks before you buy a print. Um, let me tell you that Christmas gifts, holiday gifts, um, prints, exactly. prints, prints are great. But I mean, any, anytime, in my opinion, anytime anyone buys art, 
um, is, is a good, is a good time. So just, just yeah. letting everybody else know that. <laughs> um, and we're encouraging young collectors, please buy art and start. You, 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 you are the future of uh, art collecting. So please be by. Yeah, because it's going to go right to the residency program that's going to happen it with Ashiko that I can't, that I can't wait to be in that when we have that conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, again, you guys, it, you just make me smile and I'm really, <laughs> really happy to have both of you today. And I can't wait till October 1st. Grazie, grazie. Thank you. Grazie. Thank you. <laughs>to learn more about me and my work, go to my website, ericafirpo.com, and follow my Italy adventures on Instagram at ericafirpo. Ciao, bella! And a very big thank you and hug to Massimiliano Yonta and Dis to Dis Studios, the producers of Ciao, Bella, who continue to make me sound and feel great.